0: Which I know by current Carbury United manager Tom Pearce. Tom, you've had a you've had a, an involvement with Carbly for the last uh, few months as their junior manager. But before we go into that, I suppose we will start with the with talking about your own early involvement in football and in at schoolboy and youth level. I know that you were involved with Jamesborough. Uh, can you talk us through that a little, please?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to uh, meet you again, Adrian. So. My initial early school boys were with, was with Wembley Rovers, so back in the Faulkner, Donovan days, many, many years ago. Um, but they, the latter end of my schoolboy and my youths was all with the Borough. So um, yeah, good times there, good club. We had good, you know, good players as well back then and um, we did well. We did well. So I spent many years there, did a couple of years with the junior setup, but then work took me away out of Limerick, so it just kind of drifted away, which looking back is a big regret that i didn't stick with
0: it yeah i know obviously uh, with work and people are finding with work uh, commitments it is it is very difficult i know at when you, at the time when you were uh, a Janesburg youth you there was a successful junior team or you know some some very well known players around limerick you, you sp- spoke to me uh, recently enough about the, the the Redden brothers who everyone talks about and obviously you know you have a uh, uh, Clark as well, Tony Clark was involved with Jamesborough as well. So obviously, you know, they were they were uh, good people to look up to when, when you were aspiring maybe to, to get to junior level as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Tony and, and, and Tony Clark, Christy Redden, Martin Redden, those guys would probably won't thank me for, you know, they're looking at me now going guy, this guy was a kid when we were playing juniors. But <laughs> at the same time, right, when, when those guys walked around the borough club, they were looked up to, right? They were revered. They were them and their teammates, right? Everybody wanted to get into that team at some stage. And many of the guys I played with did do that and did success. The likes of Alan She and Alan Barry, those guys, they had big, long careers with the borough and fair play to them. What I want to try and do at Corbett United is we don't have that now. So we have, we've got like 25, 26 schoolboy teams. Unfortunately, and I'm not telling a lie, any of the junior team could walk around that club and probably those kids wouldn't know them. So yeah. part of what we're trying to do here with this is to try and, reintroduce a connection between the school boys and the juniors so that when those kids are 14, 15, 16, they're looking at the juniors setup going, do you know what? I want to stay with this club. I want to be a part of that. I want to play with those guys as I did when I was their age.
0: Yeah, you were officially unveiled, Tom, as Carbly manager in, in the summer. It was probably a, a challenging time to, to take over realistically because obviously, you know, we have the, the coronavirus situation at the minute um, you know, you're, you're being pulled on and off from both training and matches as well. And, um, you know, has that maybe be hampered your, your progress slightly and, and what you probably wanted to, to implement accordingly as well?
1: Do you know, I, in, in a funny way, it hasn't. I'll, I'll tell you, from a work perspective, I, I spend a lot of my time away out of Limerick. So with COVID and the lack of travel, it's allowed me to stay close. So from a personal perspective, we had a terrific pre-season season we, we started the season well, um, but the COVID now, yeah, this second lockdown and the third lockdown, it is a struggle to keep guys engaged, right? Mm-hmm. But, but we're doing this stuff. I'm sure every club is doing it. You know, the, the guys are posting their 5K or their 7K runs and they're trying to better each other, right? There's different training programs, individual ones going on, and they're sharing ideas, which is fantastic. I try and stay connected with them, you know, via WhatsApp or, or some other, you know, online connection to them, but it's, it's hugely difficult. Um, what I would say is that you know, as a Man United fan, I get a lot of I get a lot of crack out of winding up the Liverpool fans in our team. Right, <laughs> so okay. the fact that I, I I don't necessarily agree that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer knows what he's doing yet, but I'll take it that they are where they are, and it's you know. We get we get great, great mileage out of winding each other up, so that's that's a nice thing to have as well during these
0: times. Yeah, I suppose it'll certainly be an overdrive this weekend, Tom, with, with Liverpool mm-hmm. playing Man United at Anfield, so you'll certainly have a lot of WhatsApp interactions then. Um, you know, it's it's it's, it's 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 probably an important part as well. You know, to to keep players in contact, uh, as you said, you know, over this time period. And um, it's 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 a funny one, Tom. You know, it's it's a job. Carling United, you know, they were Premier Club for years. Um, for the majority of the last 20 years anyway, um, were relegated maybe five seasons ago, maybe six five seasons ago, I think it was now uh, in Premier A. Uh, it, it was a tough job to come into, Tom, because I know Carbley were struggling as well. And I mean, it looked like from, if you were to look at the table without knowing anything, uh, and you would probably have said that Carby may have been relegated out of Premier A into the third tier for the first time in in over twenty years uh, last season. So it was almost a bit of a an overhaul. You had to you had to come in and, and change maybe the philosophy of it. Really,
1: yeah, it, it was the one good thing. Like you said, looking in from the outside, it might just look like a poison chalice. But what I will say, the guys that went before me in terms of the management and the coaches, they did their best. They did what they could with what they had. Right. Um, but what it needed was either we continue down the same route and don't change things and hope things by osmosis just change, right? But that doesn't tend to happen. So it was really kind of a, a root and branch approach here to change everything. And, but it starts with building a bit of ambition within the junior setup, right? I, I'm, I'm all, well in, you know, it's all well and good guys going out for their few drinks and then turning up the next day for a game. But if you don't have the ambition to win that game, you, you can't continue in that manner, right? You have to come train Right. We, we have family. I always say to the guys, family and work come first, but football needs to be. And I'm going to quote whoever said this before, but football needs to be the most important thing of the least important things in your life. Right. Yeah. So yeah. outside of that work and, and, and family, if you want to be part of this team, you know, get involved. Right. Come training. I'm not saying you have to be there every night. Right. If all the stuff takes precedent, that's fine. But by not being at training, you're giving somebody else an opportunity to shine. Right? by not coming to a game on a Sunday morning, you know, in God knows where at 10 o'clock on a, on a miserable Sunday morning, the guy that comes in to take your place, he may well keep your place, because one thing the guys have noticed about me, I, I respect reputations, but they don't last long, right? It, it's what you're doing now. It's what you're doing at the moment, not what you did two years ago or not that you won a cup 10 years ago. It's what you're doing now. So, yeah, big changes, and, and the biggest one I think we, we've had is that we're bringing the U teams forward, right? There, there's a lot of young players, 17, 18, 19 years of age in this squad, um, who are getting a chance this year. And also guys who maybe didn't get enough of a chance in previous years are getting a chance now. And they're doing really, really well. So um, from the outside in, yeah, an absolute poison chalice. But I've been around this club for about 12 years. I could see there's potential there. And, mm-hmm. and whether it's at, at home, at work or in football, I give my best in everything. And if the guys see that, they they will respond, and I will say they're responding in spades. As, and, and I'm sure every manager you talk to will say they've got a good bunch of lads. I absolutely do have a good bunch of guys there.
0: Yeah, I I actually obviously have um, a personal experience as well, Tom. I played all my my underage and youth and the youth football and starting a bit with the juniors uh, at Corbley. and I know like that schoolboy football was strong in in carbley And when I was there, like there was teams that were reaching latter rounds of FIs above me, you know, years ago. And I haven't seemed, even though I haven't been paying as, as much attention, I haven't heard of it as much at school by level now. But as you said, like, you know, you gotta you got to give these guys out of youth level as well a chance to get into junior football too. It, it probably, especially in my time, I didn't see that happening. I don't mean to, to sound it down on, on other junior clubs as well. It was, it was a case of, you know, they were, you were sticking with the old guard. There was a bit of trepidation to put young guys in. Uh, to the team and I know that's something that you, you've got to be brave as a manager and a coach to do is and to change that as well
1: Yeah but again it's back to do we continue doing the same things we've done for years which may have worked in the past but we, we, we need to move on now, they're not working at the moment they haven't worked for the last few years if we have an ambition as a club to become a Premier team again and we do right I mean yeah. you know, we're, we're I would say a sleeping giant right but you can say that about a lot of clubs as well yeah if you look at like having 24, 25, 26 schoolboy teams and then on a Sunday not being able to field, you know, struggling to get 11 junior players out on a Sunday, which was the case on many occasions in the previous years, something had to change. And, and what I will say is that we are getting big numbers for training and we're getting 18, 19, 20 guys turning up on a Sunday morning looking for a game of football. Right? And that's that's a huge difference, Adrian, you know, compared to where we were before. Yeah. But it's, it's only simple things, a little bit of ambition a little bit of discipline. And, and like I say, leave your reputation and leave your ego at the door. You want to come and play for this club? Come and play. Be part of it. And, and the, the huge difference I've noticed is that the, it's now a squad game. They talk about rugby being a you know a 20-man game, right? a 20-man team or whatever it is, you all the subs. We're, we're going to that stage now. If I can get guys that can give me 70, 80 minutes at full pelt, and I can bring on a, a guy for the last 15 or 20 minutes He can make a difference. That's what we want to do. But the guys who are coming off, you know, they have to understand that. That's not the end of it for them. That's just the end of it for today, right? We get back into it next week and we start again. But it's a squad game. It's not 11 players anymore. And the days of thinking your your position is golden in the team. To me, they're they're gone. They're at least gone in my team. And I'm sure they've gone in many other teams around the, the city as well.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the, the club is a sleeping joint. There's no doubt about that as well, Tom. You know, if, it's it's got some of the best facilities in junior football, maybe around the, the whole country, never mind the city um, and, and county of Limerick. But... You, know, you have you've got your AstroTurf facility uh, you've got two pitches in use you've got your dressing room facilities where there's there's four dressing rooms in there as well as a, a bar area you've got your showers you know which a lot of people take for granted in the city more so you know there's a lot of country clubs and, and, and city clubs as well would love that kind of uh, facility so as you said it's all about maybe uh, you know having the players having some pride in, in that you know and actually representing the club and, and fulfilling the, the the potential of the club as well. Yeah, it, it really is. Like you said about the facilities, yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrific astro turf
1: And to have two grass pitches there, right? And, and in fairness to the, the, the groundskeeper, and that, they're kept in good nick, right? You know, There's no... The, the kids on the street don't come in and, you know, they're not tearing it up or anything, right? It, it's it's well-maintained there. And the clubhouse, yeah, having four four dressing rooms, the shower unit, all that kind of stuff is fantastic. Even down to, like, you know, the, the, the referee's dressing room. At least they've got somewhere to tag off and it's not in the back of their car, now, you say a bar area. Yeah, we have a social area. Unfortunately, we're not in the, the leagues of the Pike or the Fairviews or the boroughs where we have an actual bar and we don't have that revenue stream. And that's what's difficult for us as well. Not, not having a, a, a regular revenue stream. Now, in fairness to those clubs at the moment, they have, they don't have that revenue stream either, right? Because everything is shut down. But um, what, what we need, you know, I, ideally in a club like Corby, as big as it is and with the catchment area we have, because we're, we're, we're up against the GAA, which is big, you know, Panara, Ardenakosha, Parteen, big, you know, GAA, Heartland, right? And, and fair play to them, they, they're doing really well. Um, we, we need to somehow attract people in, um, and the facilities is one way of doing that. And if we can continue to raise money through sponsorship, um, and, I, you know, I give a call to the local super value, right? They, They've been terrific to the club over the years, right? But we need more. We need other people to come on board and help us to develop those facilities or they won't progress, right? And in the modern age, you look at Ashton Hanakadi and other places, fantastic facilities, right? And we need to be able to compete with that, right? Um, And and having those facilities will draw people in, not just supporters, but will draw players in, will draw coaches in, will bring others into the club that maybe have been on the periphery for years in the neighbourhood, but not actually part of the club so um, yeah we call it the sleeping giant and I'm going to just try and do my bit to revive that giant.
0: Yes there is striking similarities as well Tom between maybe Aisling and Collie you know in the development and maybe Corbley United 20 years ago because you know Corbley was the maybe the Castle Troy nearly almost at that time you know with Iron Crouch and all being built up Westbury and the likes Um, it's just, I suppose, the, the difference being, as you said, is that Ashling and Akadi did get that financial support at crucial times as well. That's probably the main difference, really, and that they cashed in on that, you know, potential in terms of population.
1: They, they, they certainly did. And, and I'm, I'm from the Rat Band side of town. I played with Jamesborough for a long time, right? When when we looked at Corby, to us, that was the posh part of town. Right? <laughs> that was the part. So even, even now, people think Corby have a lot of money. We, we don't, right? We're, we're struggling to get by. The, guy, the committee are doing a terrific job of keeping those gates open. And, and just back to the COVID piece, hats off to them as well. They've kept COVID out of the club, right? It hasn't been easy. I, I and other coaches have been pleading with them to let us play. And they're saying, no, you can't do it. You know, and that was in the previous lockdowns where maybe, you know, you, you could skirt the regulations a little bit. Now, absolutely no way, right? Nobody wants to play. You can't play. And it's all about protecting each other. And fair play to those guys. They kept it out of the club. Along, made that happen, you
0: know. Yeah, in terms of the the team itself, Tom. Yeah, you mentioned that you've maybe we'll say as much as you can at junior level. Signed a, a maybe a two-year deal to, to stay as manager. Um, what is the, the aim at the end of that two years, and, and what do you hope to achieve?
1: Yeah, so um, we we call it a kind of um, a virtual contract, right? So it's a gentleman's agreement. The one thing I didn't want to do, Adrian, was come in for twelve months, and after twelve months, after twelve months, then. Have to sit back in front of the committee and kind of plead my case right because from where we were to where we need to go to or want to go to there's a big gap there right so it was agreed give me two years let's see if i can make a difference within two years and if i can then we have the discussion about staying on it and, and progressing so at the moment as you said earlier on right if the season had finished last year finished out we may have struggled to stay in the division right the mm-hmm. plan this year was just to for me to assess what we had assess you know, the players, um, assess the league and our opponents, right? Because you, you're not really sure what you're going up against from one year to the next, right? Um, so this year is all about consolidating, making sure we're not in a relegation battle. We've started well. you know, we're, we're as far off the top as we are off the bottom, right? And I think in this league, particularly with the, the disruptions that have happened in recent months due to COVID, um, it's anybody's league. It's almost like the premiership in England, right? I mean, you, you, Arsenal could win it or they could get relegated where they are right now, you know? And it's similar for us in our league. So what we're hoping is get back soon, finish in the top half of the table, go for, you know, go for one of the cups, try and get ourselves a bit more recognition, a bit of publicity out there that, okay, these guys are trying to do something different, right? Um, and then next year, the plan is a full out of salt on getting back into the Premier. So, you know, we're giving ourselves two years to get back to the Premier. It's a stretch goal, but if we're not competing at the top end of the league next season, then I, I would consider myself to have failed, right? And that's where we need to be. And the, the players are behind me. The, the, the coaches that I have are behind me. And the committee in fairness, they, they took a risk, not necessarily on me, but they took a risk on the way I do things and maybe the discipline that I bring um, and the way I like to do things properly. Like if you're going to do something, you might as well do it properly. And that's my my mantra, so they ran the risk and I called it out that some players who were with us last year would probably leave, leave right? And some of them have, and some have left for the right reasons, you know, That, and, and that's fine. Um, what I would say to any, any ex-Corbley player who's not as affiliated with a club right now, come back and have a look, see what's going on, get involved again, right? Um, so yeah, two seasons, from, you know, a year and a half from now, we'll hope we'll be up rubbing shoulders with the Pikes and the, the and um on a more regular basis.
0: Yeah, you mentioned as well, Tom, the twelve years involvement with with Carbly. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, you were involved with the the underage set up, the school boys set up as well. And um, it's not like. Maybe becoming a coach and a manager, particularly of schoolboy and junior teams, is is not everyone's cup of tea. You know, it's it's a challenging uh, situation. I, I suppose the, the big question I'd ask is because I haven't talked to many that go from schoolboy to junior. Would you believe? You know, even despite how many people I would talk to, is was there a massive difference? Obviously, coming from a youth team into the junior ranks and and getting people on side, maybe that way. It's obviously probably a different um, situation for you. Yeah. The- it was always going to be um,
1: a challenge, right? And and you go into these things with a little bit of trepidation. And and I will say, the first few weeks, the first few months, you find that the junior players will challenge you a lot more than a schoolboy player will.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: players can get a bit lippy, but you know you can deal with that, right? But the junior players question things a bit more and question you as most of them didn't know me. Some of them did. A lot of them didn't know me. Um, I think I came with a fairly decent reputation into the into that squad, but there's that pushback right and there's that added need actually do you know what i thought was really interesting i thought i'd be able to go in and we could just we're going to play you know four two three one we're going to play three five two whatever it is it's interesting when you see them play in training sessions and in friendly matches in those formations my version of you know four two three one or or you know three five two is different from another manager's version of it, right? And that's something you need to do, maybe take a step back and go, okay, we're going to play this formation. Does everybody understand what they need to do, what your position entails, what I expect from you? And it turns out that what I expected was different to what previous managers had expected. So you need to do that a little bit. It was a, an unexpected learning process for me that I needed to do that, but it's worked out really well. And, and what I would say, I've always said to the, the junior players is that I don't have all the all the, the best ideas, right? I don't know everything. Come and challenge. You may not win all of those um, those fights, but together we'll win the battle, right? And that's the that's the difference. Like I say, they will challenge you, the kids will more or less suck it up and get on with whatever you tell them to do.
0: Yeah, you mentioned earlier as well, well, Tom, about you know, getting, we'll say people on on board, the attitude, you know, has to be right. Now I've discussed it with maybe a lot of the time I I focus and concentrate on on the Premier Division uh, in in Limerick, you know, with, with bigger matches, we tend to cover that a lot more. Um, and from discussing it with various managers, they've said that they felt like the standard in general at junior football has has dropped significantly in the last decade from maybe the start of the decade to now. Um, Obviously, I'd like your opinion on that as well. But, you know, they've also said that it's become, you know, quite difficult. I know this is really your first sojourn into junior level, but they said, you know, trying to get players to stay in on Saturday nights, maybe, you Mm. know, to actually fully commit it has become near impossible. And to be honest with you, from looking at players' attitudes myself, without without naming names, and uh, I've seen maybe a a regression maybe in, in that as well, which which isn't great to see. Uh, Do you believe it maybe just works in cycles or is it maybe a sign of society now, you know, that that players maybe aren't as committed? You've got your, maybe you've got your Saturday nights, like you said, obviously not now, but you have other things too. And you obviously have maybe Xboxes and Playstations that seem to occupy younger people's minds and they don't generally transfer up from youth to Premier. Uh, Do you think it's something to do with society that maybe the standard and and commitment has dropped?
1: Um, possibly, yeah. Now, there is that challenge, right? You know, people's social lives are probably, bar COVID, um, there's, there's more disposable income around now. So people have more to do with their money as well. So that's obviously a challenge. I think though, in terms, of, I mean, I look back to, I'm going back a long time now, and I think we, we can all have a romantic view of what things were like when we played, right? Mm-hmm. So the guys that are saying that the, the standard has dropped over the past 10 years, I have a fair idea that those guys are probably the guys that were playing 10 years ago, right, and are now coaching or are now standing on the sidelines complaining about this guy on the pitch or that guy on the pitch, right? So to me, there's this, there's this romantic view that we all have on everything. So that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, mm. One of the things, you know, we discussed that as a, as a squad as well, right? I mean, you've got to cons- – as a manager, as a coach, yes, you want all of your squad to turn up on a Sunday morning and be there an hour before for the warm-up and all that other good stuff, Right. But if you're not gonna, if you know that that guy is not probably gonna make the, the start in 16, and I'm lucky enough now where I've got 18, 20 guys turning up every week. So at least four of those aren't even gonna talk out, right? Even if you play your full five subs. So we, we have an agreement amongst ourselves, right, that if come the, the Thursday night training session or the Friday night, if there's some of the guys who are on the periphery, if they've got something on a Saturday night and they're not gonna be involved, as in kicking a ball on Sunday. We'll have that conversation. And so we, we're giving them back their Saturday night, right? But they, they know that they're out on a Saturday night because they need to do maybe more in training. They need to do more the next time they get an opportunity. So we're, we're trying to get that little bit of give and take with them as well. But it's difficult. It is difficult. But I would go back to the, this romantic view or romantic notion that things are worse now than what they were before, right? Um, it may be true because, again, I go back. I mean, the likes of Tony Clark and, and the Reddins and You know, Kevin McCarthy at Fairview or Joey Hannan at at Fairview. Back in my day, they were fantastic footballers, right? Most of those should have... I know a lot of them played junior for for Ireland, right? But if they'd had the opportunity to go to the UK or or play at a higher standard, they they could have done it quite easily. And I Mm. I know there's guys playing now who are at that same level. But again, it's this this rose-tinted glasses view we all have. So um, it's just another and on maybe what you're hearing.
0: Yeah, just to to maybe revert to the -the on-the-pitch situation for you. Tom, you're in an extremely uh, competitive Premier A division. We mentioned about Carbley being a and joined, but you do have a lot of teams at that level who feel maybe they have a right maybe to be at Premier level. You know, you have likes of Newport who have made great strides as a club in, in recent years. You have Moira Ross who, who were in the Premier for a long time just to name two uh, teams. So, you know, it's going to be extremely difficult uh, to, to maybe attain your goals because, as you said, there's probably maybe out of it a division of 12 you probably have six or seven teams that definitely feel they could get promoted.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? But here's the thing, what's to say over the next two, three, four <laughs> years that all of those teams can't get promoted, right? Mm. It's, it's like the big six in the UK, right? You know, they are the top four, yeah, the big six, right? What's to say that they have to be the top six or the big six all the time, right? So yeah. if, if the likes of us, the likes of Myroth and ourselves and Newport and others get a chance to get into the Premier, it's up to us then to stay there. And it's to break that stranglehold that, that some of the clubs that are in the Premier, probably some of them have never been in anything other than the Premier. I mean, and, and, and that's going to, you know, but it's up to us to get in there. And if it doesn't happen this year, it doesn't happen next year. For me, if I can show a progression over the next 18 months where we're in and around, I would be hugely disappointed if we don't make that, that goal that we have set for ourselves. But if we can bring the team on, if we can bring the club on, if I can get young lads playing the under 10s, 12s, 14s, coming to watch the junior games albeit with earmuffs because some of the language as you know in the junior football can be a bit not not the best but yeah if we can get those kids involved and get them looking up to the players and knowing you know who's the club captain who's the guy that plays up front for the junior A team, if they know those guys to me that would be a massive progression right so it's not just about getting to the premier i think that will happen right hopefully within the next two years if not Pretty soon after that, but you're right. We're up against other big clubs and and teams that are have some fantastic players. We played some really good games th- this year. You, you talk about my Ross, you know, and, and Newport. They were probably two of our best games, but not just in terms of results. And we lost one of them. We drew the other one, right? But in terms of just the football that was played and and the the, the skill that is out there, you know, and and sometimes playing on not the best pitches, right? I mean, Newport, fantastic set up out there right if you can't play football on that pitch you mm. shouldn't be playing football you know but um yeah we, we know where look we could, you could talk to me in 12 months time and we could be you know fighting the other side of the table right you know but this is an ambition and that's what we're trying to do we're just trying to build something around the club where people can latch on and, and and you know get behind us so yeah. fingers yeah. crossed it, it works out you know
0: yeah you have made a, a very solid start and obviously you mentioned you know the, the likes of, of your younger players coming through I know that you have a very um, sought-after goalkeeper, a young goalkeeper as well, who has been, been monitored by by many teams and you'd be obviously hoping hoping to keep him. But you also have a, lot, a few experienced players there that I know from my time as well, the likes of, of uh, Kevin Burke there too, just to, to name one. Uh, you know, the experience probably to, to have there while those young players are coming through is probably very important for you too, Tom. Yeah, I, I,
1: absolutely. I, I, I couldn't do... What I'm doing, I, I, or we wouldn't have made the start we had without the support of the likes of Kevin Burke and Ian Long and Nicky Ryan and, and guys like that who have been at the club and in and around the club for a long time. Um, you, you talk about the goalkeeper and some of the other younger players we have, right? The, the, the one thing we have going for us is that those guys are part and part. They they are they have Corberley almost in their blood, right? They've played for a long time. They're now part of the junior setup you're looking at those people as being future captains and, and leaders within that team, right? So, but to have the likes of, of Kevin in and, and, and the other guys that are there, um it, it's, it's terrific. You can only, they can only learn from them. The, the other good thing as well is that we have a really terrific cohort of guys who are in that mid to late 20s range as well, right? So they're they're past the, the, the first flushes of youth, but they're only coming into their peak now, right? And, and, and that's what we have. But what I keep trying to get to them is that it's a squad game, right? You, your, your reputation is your reputation. But if you don't put it out on the pitch, there is a kid of 17 or 18 who's going to get a chance. And if he makes if it, you know, takes that place, he takes your place, right? You've got to win it back. But they, they've signed up for that, right? And, and that's what we like. And the fact that we're primarily local guys, right? You know, whether it's Corby itself or Partine or, or Ardena Croce, but people who are in and around the club and who pass the club every day of the week in and out of work or in and out of college or whatever it is, right? So I think that will help us to keep players, but we're not resting on our laurels. We, we know we have a, a fight in our hands to, to keep the players we have. But at the same time, I want to encourage other players to come and, and take a look at what we're doing. It, yeah. it, it is different to it – it's different than what it was. It may not be to your liking, but come and have a look, right? Get involved again. Give it a try because there are many, many good corporate players out there who may not be a, a, associated with a club at the moment, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure if I'd get back involved. You know what? Give me a call. Come and come and have a chat, right, and see what we're doing. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Maybe you will.
0: Yeah, obviously we we have to be playing uh, football, Tom, to, for in order for you to be able to recruit. So you know, yeah. obviously you'll be hoping with and and with bated breath, you know that the season can commence. I know that the Electricity League season. Has been pushed back to the end of March. Now, obviously, we don't really know what's going to happen beyond the end of January. Really, we know the cases aren't 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 great at the moment in terms of the the, the deaths, unfortunately, and in the coronavirus. But I suppose we have a problem at, at junior level in that we did have a flurry of games maybe until October, but we still have in the majority of cases, most clubs have 11 and 12 matches in the league alone just to finish. Um, the Munster Junior and the F.A.I. hadn't even started. Um, which looks like I, I can't see how that, that can actually, those competitions can take place now at this stage. But, um, you know, you will be hoping at least that maybe we can finish the domestic league out because it would be a, a crying shame for two seasons in a row for a junior league not to be to be finished.
1: Uh, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, last year was last year and, and it was probably the right decision at the time. This year, we, we run the risk, in my, in my opinion, if we don't get back to finish the season, is that the longer you leave it, to do to get back to playing football, the the easier it is for people to find other stuff to do, yeah. right? And not come back. And I'm not just talking about players. I'm not talking about coaches. I'm talking about club officials. I'm talking about referees. Right? Mm-hmm. The longer you leave people without the game, the, the more chance you have of them having found something else to do and kind of go. Do you know what? No, I'm not going to go back to that. Right? So I, I think that the league and I'm going to have to be maybe somewhat inventive. Right? Come come March, if it looks like we're not going to have enough time to finish out the standard league as it is. Let, let's run a tournament or something, right? Let's run let's run the equivalent of a couple of over-40s tournaments that they run every year, right? You know, a couple of weekends where you, you cram in a few games over a few weekends, a short period of time, and get something out so that at the end of the season, at least we can say the season was finished, right? Yeah. Maybe not in the format that it was originally planned, but let's do something. We cannot go through to next August again, because I think if we do, we run the risk, a serious risk of losing people along the way. Right? So fingers crossed we'll be able to get back to it sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We echo those sentiments. Uh, we could support Limerick as well. Well, Tom, we'll be hoping to, to obviously report on, on games sooner rather than later. And um, on a final note, Tom, as well, um, I know that you were talking about the disconnect between schoolboy and junior uh, players, you know, and, and the fact that they're not known. Also, we, we have in, uh, no senior team currently in Limerick, uh, which which is another shame, really. I know we, we know about all the problems that, that Limerick FC had. Now, obviously, Treaty United and Limerick FC have both applied for air-tricity league licences for, for the new season. Um, it's badly needed, I suppose, uh, uh, to have a senior team representing what is the third biggest city, because we've underachieved so much in soccer. I mean, we've only had I think I think if it's it's one international senior international in, in forty to fifty years, which is is ridiculous for the for the size um, of, of the city. Um, and as you said, there's there's a disconnect also between junior and senior, uh, the senior club as well, which probably needs to be sorted uh, sooner rather than later for, for it to be a success.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, you're you're spot on, right? It's a pity there isn't it there. The, the only thing is, I. I wouldn't like to see it being us, like to see that team being rushed back or that club being rushed, right, for Mm -hmm. the sake of just having a presence in the league, right? It's got to be done Mm -hmm. properly, you know. Um, And and I've never understood why guys playing for their local clubs wouldn't want to aspire to play for the the, the senior club in in that city, right, or that county. Um, Back in the day, I remember going up to Rathbann and and you're watching the likes of Tommy Gaynor and, and other guys playing there as a kid playing football, that's what you wanted to do, right? But again, you know, clubs can be, you know, I'm, I'm, we're all guilty of it, right? You want to hang on to your own, right? You don't want to let them go. Um, but if, if there was some way of letting them go, but if it didn't work out for them, that they came back to you again, right? And, and not went to somebody else. Um, I, I think something needs to be looked at along those lines, but to not have a Limerick City or a Limerick FC or whatever it's going to be called going forward, it's a crying chain you know it, it really really is and and someone needs to break the strangleholds of the the dubbing clubs and why not why not it be someone from the west you know
0: yeah absolutely totally be. and thanks very much for joining us Tom it was a great you, and obviously we hope that we we will um be seeing you soon maybe on the pitch and in, in a different format to to have a zoom call maybe a face-to-face interview if, if possible when we get back playing uh, which we hope obviously will be soon and uh we take care of yourself uh, during this time and uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, same to you, Adrian. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it.